Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever you are, welcome to Two Men with a Mic. Good morning. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you today? I am a little sleepy. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> I got a bunch of caffeine in front of me. I'm starting to nip on. Yeah, me too. Just, How you uh, sleepy, man? Uh, you know, um, it was a rough week for whatever reason. Um, this last week has been a complete blur and, uh, I've just been in a haze, I guess, but, uh, had a little adventure yesterday in San Francisco and I, yeah, I, I slept a little bit on the way there and on the way back, Amber drove. I was going to say while you were driving. (laughs) <laughs> yeah while i was driving that's when i get my best sleep is when i'm driving <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no doubt we had to take some uh, uh medical device we're still dealing with some of the health challenges with jen and um we had to take a medical device and turn it in to the hospital so we just made it a day in san francisco yesterday Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you sent me a photo. Where where was that photo from? Oh, that was uh, Ghirardelli Square. Oh. That's the chocolate company. Oh, right. Yeah, they got their own little area, mall, whatever. Uh, so I got myself uh, the most expensive chocolate bar I'd ever bought in my life. It was like $25 for like an 8-inch by 8-inch slab of a what would be like a candy bar, like a almond you know chocolate with almonds cool yeah well not really it's awful expensive chunk of chocolate dude we went to the long beach aquarium yesterday me and my ex-wife and my beautiful son and uh so we we were like trying to find some lunch or whatever and and there weren't many choices so there was the bubba gump shrimp oh yeah that's good i've actually been there well, my ex-wife is is Asian, and and so um, shrimp, eating shrimp and and fish and all that stuff, like, um, she does a lot of that. So I just thought, with the few choices that we had, I was like, well, why don't why don't we go to Bubba Gum Shrimp? Because um, you love shrimp, so you'll be covered. And so they had for me, they had a veggie burger there, a Beyond Burger, you know, uh-huh. like. Yeah. So it's the same one that you would get from Carl's Jr. Uh, for I don't know what they charge. Probably like twice as much. <laughs> oh well, no, Carl's Jr.'s well, Carl's Jr.'s like six, seven, eight dollars or something for one of those. So the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company for a Beyond Burger was twenty bucks. Whoa. Twenty bucks for a hamburger, man. For twenty bucks, I could have bought like um, a lot of burritos. Or, or like five packs of Boca burgers or whatever. <laughs> you can even, I believe, buy the vegetarian Beyond Burger patty in, in a in a grocery store for like five bucks, six bucks or something. I, I don't know. Less. So, yeah, that was like, that was kind of shocking. I was like, 20 bucks for a hamburger? Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we were. With the chocolate, huh? Yeah, exactly. They they just they screw you with the chocolate and the food. Um, it, yeah, there's nothing. You just 
you can't go out. It's crazy how expensive everything's getting. Yeah. But um, what was crazy was, so we didn't have any plans necessarily. And so the girls, the girls wanted to go by and see, you know, San Francisco is where they filmed, you know, a lot of shows and movies. So yeah. they really liked that TV show Fuller House. Okay. So we had to go by the Fuller House and they got some pictures in front of that house. And then uh Mrs. Doubtfire is with Robin Williams is a really funny movie where he uh dresses where he, he can't he can't land a job. So he dresses up and is getting a, and he's getting a divorce and his wife's looking to hire a nanny. So he um dresses up as a woman and gets the job as his kid's nanny. Mm -hmm. Those kids don't even know it's him for a while and stuff. Yeah. And, and it's really funny. I don't know if you've seen it, but it is, if you want to watch a funny movie, Mrs. Doubtfire is really funny. But anyway, that there's, there's a house there, right? So we had to go by that house and stuff. But what's crazy (laughs) is um on our way right we don't really know san francisco we end up in the downtown party area for the lgbq rstuv whatever (laughs) (laughs) Um, the you know the the party section for the gay pride and 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 all that area oh yeah and Man, it was crazy. A um, lot of people out in drag. Um, one dude. So Amber is now seeing a naked man because one dude just decided to change his clothes in the middle of the sidewalk. Um, another dude um, was uh, just naked, hanging out on the on the street corner butt naked um they were they were in drag they were they were in nothing they were just i mean it was just it was like wow that's what i've heard i've heard it's like the porn parade and um i've seen a bunch of footage from different like gay pride parades and it's like okay so you want to support gay rights you want your kids to support gay rights and so here's the pride parade, but it's gotten racy. And so like, if you went out to the pride parade to support. Gay well, it pride, wasn't even, it wasn't a parade that I oh, know of. Oh, it's just their area. Yeah. Yeah. It was no yeah. parade of any kind. Okay. There was, it was, it was nothing. It was just, we were just driving down the street, but it's the street where all the bars are. And, oh yeah. And, you know, there, the bars were packed and yeah. people were, were hooting and hollering and and um it was just like somehow we ended up because we had to park on that street we actually picked a restaurant and we kind of parked on that street not knowing anything yeah and we walked around the corner to the restaurant and then we came back it was like whoop i think we're in the wrong area toto yeah so no, it's, um, that's the problem is like, I'm all, for, you know, I support gay rights, but it's at such an extreme now and it's so inappropriate. 
Um, and, and if you want to teach your kids like, oh, yeah, you know, respect gay rights. And then you take them to a gay pride parade. It's like, how can I respect this? Because like um, they I've seen footage from a lot of them and, um, you know, they are marching around naked or they are marching around wearing like bondage gear, which is basically kind of naked. They're they're marching like with like a dude and, you know, leather hot pants uh, and then there's like a guy with a collar around his neck and a chain and like, you know, the dude in hot pants is like um, walking the. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then that and then the one that he's walking is acting like a dog and wearing like a bondage mask and stuff and and uh, and naked, you know, I mean, so. It's just inappropriate, you know, it, I'm all for supporting gay rights, but that's pushing it if you're going to have a child there, you know? Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was exactly that. It was just a little, a little shocking. I mean, that dude, Jen, Jen, Jen was, well, the first, first one, she's like, that guy is naked. And we're like, what? And we look over and he's just flat out changing his clothes on the street down to his he, he didn't have underwear on and he's just flat out took his clothes off and put on a new set of clothes just right there in the street. Not not like, hey, you know what? Let me go find a bathroom and change my clothes, you know, or, or let me go to my car and change my clothes. He just flat out and, you know, just like, wow, OK. And then you drive down a little bit further and there was a dude totally, totally naked. Um, standing on the sidewalk, um, like leaning up against a building, talking to someone. Yeah. And, and, you know, everybody else was dressed and a lot of them were in, you know, drag costumes and, and whatever, nothing wrong with that. But it was just like, where's the police? Where's the, um, well, dude, I, it's deep state stuff. Um, the deep state is working with the homosexual community and the Tavistock Institute. The Tavistock Institute is they created the Beatles uh, to basically distract the public while they did a bunch of evil stuff. And so the Tavistock Institute is like MK Ultra, high evil, brainwashing, social engineering place. What and happened to your positive or uh, your denial? Oh, uh, <laughs> right. Well, okay. I just messing with you, dude. <laughs> well, yeah, I, so, you know, actually, and then <laughs> I know I'm doing it. Right? I'm just in denial. <laughs> Damn it! I slipped. <laughs> No, it's okay. It's fine. It, it It's just, it was. But that is, <laughs> like, this is not a natural, like, movement of gay people and, and then it's become more racy or whatever. This is actually all orchestrated. The only, well, the only, okay, I'm going to pull out of this. <laughs> Back into denial. But so I, I'm on Facebook and this person who I forgive and please forgive me and blessings to you, but who is totally ignorant and totally arrogant at the same time, which I say again, that's the worst thing in the world. You don't know shit and you're fucking cocky about it. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. 
uh, he on Facebook he put up a picture of, from Miss Doubtfire, Mrs. Doubtfire, and he goes, you know. Robin Williams dressed up as a woman in front of his children and Mrs. Doubtfire. Nobody had a problem with that. And I'm like, okay, but Robin Williams didn't show up in a fucking bondage outfit with a dildo. And well, it's not that bad, but it is bad. Dude, I, I saw like a, a 300 pound transvestite guy at a drag queen story time in like a little thong panty outfit and he and the children at the library at drag queen story time were coming up and putting dollar bills next to his cock so anyway there is a huge difference between mrs doubtfire and what's going on at drag drag queen story time mrs miss doubtfire is not doing lewd and lascivious things in front of a, a kid mrs doubtfire is pretending to be like a grandmother like nanny so there's a huge difference. It was like the worst example in the world. But every time you have a guy like that, totally ignorant and totally arrogant, showing up, he's essentially spreading misinformation, right? That's not the same thing. Mrs. Doubtfire is, is uh, yeah, what I just said. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire is a, is a um, completely harmless. It's a, actually about a father coming of age and, and learning to uh, something you and I, what you and I talk about all the time about being um, not, you know, learning to, to not be the fun one to, to be a little bit of a disciplinarian and um, being a, it's, it's about him being a better parent actually is what Mrs. Doubtfire is about. It's about a father becoming a better father. And when I say a better father, I mean, you know, that doesn't mean that he takes his kids to Disneyland every day or any of that. It's that he provides boundaries and structure and discipline and, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, and it's funny as hell. <laughs> so. uh, I think I've seen like huge sections of it, if not the whole thing but it was a long time ago, probably around when it first came out and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Again, he's dressed up like a, a grandmotherly conservative nanny and being with the kids. Yeah. Uh, but what's going on uh, in, in, well, in media and at drag queen story time is totally different. Uh, anyway, don't you agree though, that like kids should not be exposed to any of this? <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think there. And I was looking around yesterday to see if there were any kids. Um, I didn't see any. Yeah. But I, you know, I was that was the first thing I was looking when I saw that stuff. Then I started looking to see if there were any kids. And I, I guess people know not to take their kids in that section of San Francisco. Yeah. Um, I guess we just didn't know any better. I mean, Amber's not a little kid. She's basically 19, 20 years old. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, not the end of the world for her. Hey, guys. Sorry for the interruption. But guess what today is? Tuesday Rants with, you guessed it. Amber, welcome back to the studio, everyone. Please be advised that the following info is dramatized for comedy purposes and that indeed, Amber loves San Francisco very, 
very much. Boop, 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 boop. Good morning, California. I'm Amber, your favorite host, and today we are back with Tuesday Rants. Woo, woo. I know you guys are excited as much as I am, and I just want to quickly recap I made it back from Australia. I survived my long flights and um, we didn't crash and burn and uh, we made it over the ocean. So that's good. And I'm happy to be home and back with my family and sugar. And so, yeah, it's been cool and fun. Although I have ended up um, in the short time I've been back home I sliced my finger with scissors, and then on my other hand, I sliced my, or I didn't slice, but I burned my finger cooking, and see, I didn't just, like, intentionally touch a pan or anything, I was just cooking some soup, and it started, like, bubbling, and when I was stirring, it bubbled out onto my finger, and it, like, burned so bad, like, it scarred, and... Now I have like two little lines that look like the eyes of a smiley face and uh, it blistered and it was just not a great time. And then my other scissor incision, incision, (laughs) uh, it needed band-aid glue to fix it. So that's how deep that was. But yeah, so that's been great. I literally worked with animals that could kill me and I come home and I get defeated by a burner and scissors. I mean, tell me how that makes sense. But anywho, I survived. I'm back. But now what you guys are really here for, Tuesday Rants with Amber, me of course. And I want to talk to you guys about San Francisco. Now, don't get me wrong. Love San Francisco so, so much. Like, really love it there. But if you're claustrophobic, I highly do not recommend the place. And if, but on the other hand, if you're looking for a quick way to either A, get knocked up on the street, B, catch some type of deadly disease, three, mm, be attacked by rodents, or be attacked by homeless people, five, cover your shoes and urine and feces, then San Francisco is the place for you because it has all that right on the street. It's great. You walk down one block, you got some people peeing and pooping. You walk down another block, some people who are getting pregnant go down another place. Well, then you see a huge rat the size of a cat coming towards you. Now, I do not know how San Francisco ended up this way, but it did and you know i just don't know guys it's a little bit crazy they do also have a subway type system called the bart bay area rapid transit um and that runs underground it's similar to the subways in new york which yeah if you want to be kidnapped definitely take that um or uh watch drug deals go down also great way to get a free showing of that um you know and it's just like a very packed place. Like, yeah, if you're very claustrophobic, that's definitely the place. Like, everything is on top of each other. I don't even know who designed San Francisco exactly or who thought it'd be smart to put a building on top of a building on top of a building. But 
they did. And there's like no room to move. There's nowhere to park. And when you're going, when you are driving, the roads are so steep that you can't even see over the, um, well, you can't see over the other side of the road because all you see is the steep road you're going up. So you can't see like what's in front of you. And then when you're driving, you also can't see over the hood of your car because like you're going up and then like there's just like no view like you can't see anything so it's quite dangerous and you're so steep that like when you park you definitely have to make sure you put the parking brake on otherwise you'll go rolling down the hill or something um not that I know from experience or anything but um yeah it's a crazy place but there are some pretty cool scenic places that you can see in addition to the crazy. Uh, they do have the full house there. Um, they also have the Mrs. Doubtfire house. Um, they have Ghirardelli Square. And they have Alcatraz, which, not gonna lie, I don't think I would mind staying at Alcatraz. I mean, I saw the last menu food items that they had. And their breakfast wasn't too shabby. I mean, they had scrambled eggs, toast, um, fresh fruit. I mean, sounds pretty good to me. And they even had a softball field. So, you know, I'd probably be pretty occupied. But um, I guess living amongst the deadliest killers wouldn't be so great. But, um, I mean, they get to live there for free and have nice views of the water and stuff. So... I don't know. Those are like million dollar views right there. And we pay for them with our taxes. Isn't that great? Although it's shut down now. So now we just pay for boring prisons. Um, but uh, yeah. So that's San Francisco. Let's see what else. There are trolleys there. And uh, don't stop when you're driving. Don't stop on the tracks. Because you'll get either one yelled at by some crazy San Francisco person don't stop on my track. Don't stop on my track. You want to be sliced in half in your car? Well, no, I don't intend it for that to happen. But dude, there's nowhere else to go because there's too many cars everywhere. And or you'll just automatically get hit by the trolley because they can't stop and you're stopped on their track. So you got to like make sure you're not stopping on the tracks and like be mindful of that. Also, um there's like ways to like go left and right like from the same street like and when you're on the freeway like you can exit off on off ramps like from left and right not just like the right side like it normally is and it's just it's a little confusing you really got to make sure that if you're driving an sf that you're kind of aggressive because otherwise you're not going to get anywhere except straight into the ocean because you'll just keep driving straight because nobody's going to let you over it. And you'll just end up on the dock and down with all the sharks. And um, I don't think that'd be very fun. So, uh, yeah, that's life in San Francisco. But, um, you know, it's just a, it's a nice place. I mean, the weather's good. Uh, and it's not as bad as everyone thinks. I mean, it is bad. It is bad. Um, it's pretty dirty, but I don't know. It's, I still like going there. Uh, I probably wouldn't want to live in San Francisco. That would be kind of crazy. And it'd just be hectic getting around. And, like, you get your car slashed and robbed every day. 
Um, so I don't recommend living there, but uh, it's great for a visit. Um, there's just be mindful. There are people walking around on the street with needles. Um, so you just want to make sure you don't associate or talk to anybody and make sure you carry pepper spray because you could be stabbed potentially. So if you're into that type of thing, go for it. I say it's, you know, it's totally chill. But um, yeah, that's SF. Um, you know, the Full House song says like, everywhere you look, everywhere you go or something, there's um, a heart, a hand to hold on to. But there's also a homeless guy ready to pounce you or something. So, just, you know, be mindful, and you guys will be fine, you know? San Francisco's cool. Um, they do have a lot of good seafood, so if you like seafood. Um, oh, speaking of restaurants, we went to a restaurant the other day when we were in San Francisco. It was called Catch. And just to let all of you guys know, I'm still a vegetarian since April. And I was reading the menu. I read the ingredients, right? And they had chilaquiles, one of my favorite breakfasts. And um, basically it's like a hard tortilla, like flat. It's like a like a hard shell taco, but flat like a tostada. And then they like put like beans. They normally do chorizo. And then they do like a bunch of like avocado salsa and then like a fried egg on top. And now I read all that. And, like, it has a sauce and stuff, too. And then I was like, hey, is there, like, any way I can get this without the chorizo? Because that was the only thing listed that had meat. So I was like, okay, I'll get it without the chorizo, and then it'll be perfect. Be vegetarian. Well, he, he went back and checked, and he's like, oh, yeah, we can get it without the chorizo. And I was like, okay, cool. They come, they bring it out. It looks fabulous. And I start eating it. And I eat all the top part first because obviously that's what you do to work your way down. And I get down to the bottom and I lift my fork up and I notice that it has something that looks like pork on it. Like, you know, like shredded pork. And I was like, what the heck? And I, I asked everyone at the table, I was like, guys, is this, is this meat? And then they were like, yeah, it looks like pork. And I slammed my fork down. And then I was just like really upset because... One, that was not listed on the ingredients for this chilaquiles. No pork was listed. And um, number two, well, I'm vegetarian and I don't eat meat. So, you know, I was like, they had kind of irritated me a bit and I, you know, I teared up and whatnot. Um, and they come back and he was like, well, didn't you read the menu? And I was like, dude, didn't you read the menu? It says nowhere on there that pork should be on this dish and he went to look and he and so like then he was like oh like yeah you're right and then he got mad at the chefs and then they ended up making me a new dish and I was just like dude this is ridiculous but yeah so I was very upset with them I do not recommend ever eating at the restaurant catch and I yeah I'm gonna stand by that don't ever eat at catch because they're rude they don't put all the ingredients on the menu. Like, what if I was allergic to pork or something? I don't know. And, um, yeah. I mean, they did not put um, the second meal they brought out to me on the receipt, which was nice. I mean, if they had, then they really would have heard from my lawyers. But, um, 
you know, I may or may not be sending lawyers to them. We'll see. I'll keep you guys in the loop about it. But, um, yeah, so that's San Francisco for you guys. It's a good place, though, um, when you can get past all the dirt and craziness. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, I think it's a place that everybody should at least go to at least once in their life. Um, and, honestly, I think it also depends on, like, what part of San Francisco you're in. Because I feel like if you stay closer to, like, the classic touristy pier areas, they're not as bad. Um, so, yeah. But I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. And um, I look forward to seeing you guys next Tuesday. Have a great rest of your week. It was more about the openness, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I've i never seen, you know, people openly naked um on the street like that i mean yeah. i've seen naked people that that isn't the issue it was just like this was literally you know anybody could have been driving down the street and you know it, it again not the end of the world not we were in the car our kids weren't going to be harmed but it, it was just more about the boldness and the openness in that area um that was surprising i don't know that i could even get back there i don't even remember the name of the street yeah so it's not the end of the world but it, it was just a little bit of a shock i mean that's one of the reasons i don't like san francisco i mean besides the smell and the um i mean the weather's beautiful mm-hmm. it was what what was your temperature at at home yesterday Oh well, we went to Long Beach to go. Oh, that's to- right. You went to the you went to the yeah. aquarium. Yeah, Long Beach is twenty degrees cooler. Yeah, where I am, um, so it was about eighty. There. Yeah, it was. It was. We had a slight breeze. Actually, we had to put sweatshirts on. So. Oh, cool. I mean, I could totally understand. You know, there was, and there was like you said. You know, there there were a lot of guys with shirts with no shirts on, and then wearing the um i don't know looked like two belts crisscrossed like poncho via and his and his ammunition belts <laughs> yeah so um yeah it it, it it was definitely a lot of skin on display you know although i guess if you go to some beaches pretty much there's a lot of a lot of women basically dress like that, you know, barely covering themselves as well. So but nobody has any problem with that because women are supposed to be like that. <laughs> I, I, I beg to differ with you. That's but, how women worse are supposed to be, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jen, Jen, let's just say that Jen uh, disagrees with you adamantly. Like that is someone's daughter. I mean, granted, it's their choice that they're doing that, but. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, it is someone's time, daughter. Yeah, I think a couple of weeks ago we took my son to the beach, and um, you know, if you're a guy, you don't mind. But I've never seen like sluttier bikinis and swimsuits. Like they, it's they're naked in front of you, basically, sure. and you yeah. know, God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, well, out there. Yeah. So I mean, okay. 
taking your point of view on that where uh, that's an interesting comment and thought. So you're at the beach with your kid and you've got a bunch of women that are really close to being completely naked and you being the guy that you are, your first thought is thank God. (laughs) <laughs> yeah well I, like when i lived at the beach i had a friend who lived in the area and and you know there when you live there you know like little private spots on the beach where you can go and there's no crowds and so i always preferred that stuff but sometimes he would just say hey you want to go to the main beach and just check out the eye candy <laughs> it was totally a choice like yeah let's go where it's crowded because there's gonna be a bunch of hot chicks running around in like thong bikinis so yeah so be- so my point is on this street in san francisco that i was at yesterday is would that have been totally socially acceptable if they were at the beach oh Gosh, I got to say, well, the stuff that I've seen from like gay pride parades is even. Well, this was not a parade. Oh, I I keep saying that this was they were partying and they were having fun. And, you know, it was a Saturday, but there was absolutely no parade. This was just a Saturday afternoon down a street in San Francisco. And um, my point being is we're sitting here talking about, you know, women and how we've, you know, uh, not not Jen because she was she was adamantly disagreeing with me when we were talking about this subject uh, when it came to movies and and stuff like that that you and I watch. Yeah. And um, you know, and I just kind of sitting here talking and thinking, and it's like, well, here we go. We go to the beach, and and what I, what I will say is, I guess in reality, all honesty, other than the two naked men, um, there was nothing I saw Saturday that I would not see if I went to the beach. Yeah, I was gonna say the nudity is probably the um, that's when you cross the line. Yeah, like and it was only two individuals. Maybe they were tripping on acid. Maybe they were you know, I don't know. Right. I mean, you can't, you can't blame everybody for two people. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so, you know, I don't know what you do there. Right. I'd be the same as, as some, somebody's bikini top falling off at the beach, yeah. which, which happens a lot. Right. They go out in the waves and they come out and they no longer have a bikini. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not that that hasn't happened before. So I was just trying to put it in perspective. It was a little shocking. Yeah. I think it's a little more than what would even be allowed at a beach. Well, um, the nakedness wouldn't be allowed at it for sure. Yeah. I know that because, Oh, well, I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> no, but yeah. Like when they, when they put me in the police car, they said I had to wear pants. Yeah. They were like, you got to wear pants, man. haven't you been on that street in san francisco it's okay there yeah so they're pushing it i'll give you a prime example like when i was at usc i took a class called study of women and men in society and the class was taught by this incredibly handsome gay man and then they and then the teacher the other teacher was a woman who was a lesbian and uh, so those guys kept their clothes on, you know, he would wear like jeans and a T-shirt 
and uh you know he never like got into like bondage gear and to make his point or or got naked to make his point but he was poignant and funny and clever and charming and you know i i got the whole gay pride agenda and i i, I support gay rights that i, I want to be clear on that i do support gay rights um but the thing so the guy kept his clothes on and taught a class on it and and so i learned a lot from that and he didn't cross the line you know so if i still think that none of this should really be coming up until a kid is 12 but if if it is happening and it shouldn't be then it should happen in the same way that it i you know that it happened in that study of women and men in society class where they they're um they're giving you the same information but they're doing it with class and uh, you know um and maybe a little, I don't know what the word is. It's restraint. With, yeah, and restraint. Yeah. So don't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I I was shocked, you know, when I saw that yesterday, I was like, oh, man, I got to tell Mike about this. But then I was like, no, I want to wait till the show, you know, and, and yeah. tell him what I saw and, you know, and all that stuff. And and then we were sitting here talking about it. And then, and last night we weren't talking, I was talking to Jen and it wasn't, wasn't about this. She was just, we were having a debate on, on the movies that you and I watch mm -hmm. because of all the, uh, basically it's, you know, we, we, we talk about the uh, women that are in the shows and, and, you know, how beautiful they are or whatever. Right. Yeah. And and so that 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 upsets her because it's it's like you're just watching it for the naked women is is her point. Yeah, we are. <laughs> now that's going to piss her off. And, and uh, you know, and, and I, I, I mean, I told her, I said, I don't care. I'll, I'll watch an action movie that 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 doesn't have. I, I like watching action movies. I don't I, I'm not picking a movie. I'm not personally picking a movie based on how many how many half closed 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 i can't why can't i say that word closed how do you say clothing half closed, closed with like t-h-e-d yeah thank you like my tongue wouldn't work it was like somebody grabbed it out of my mouth yeah <laughs> <laughs> bring <suck> <laughs> it you know i don't i don't pick a movie like that i know that you do but <laughs> well, um, I, I never was one of those guys. Um, I had it, many friends, but at least one friend where really he did do that. Like, okay, does she show her tits in the movie? Because if she's going to show her tits, I'll watch the movie. Like, like literally that. And he was one of those. Are there people like this where um, they they collect that stuff? They track that stuff down, like movies where there's nude scenes. Um, and stuff like that. And they're all like super into it. And I never was uh, until my hormones kicked in and like, I became a man at 12 or 13 or 14 when that happens. Um, I actually thought the women were like irritating because, <laughs> you know, like you're watching a James Bond movie and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like James and the chick and you're like, Oh, come on, get on with the action. You know, like I, yeah. I was, I was more like that. Yeah. Uh, but so, I know, yeah, there are a I, lot of guys who totally that's yeah. want, you know? 
Yeah. Well, and I, and that and that just gets back to to what we were saying about what you know. And I I just told I I said you know we uh, we were th- talking about it, and I said it's 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 interesting that that it's almost that's just accepted that in order for it to be an action movie, mm-hmm. there has to be somebody's daughter half naked. Well, yeah, the, I didn't even realize before when I was a kid. Now I see the formula. But yeah, that's part of the formula, right? The chick. Yeah. Like the chick is, is that's all. She's the chick. And everybody wants her in there and everybody wants to see that. But literally her role is, I'm hot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't. I mean, I don't pick my movies based on that. I, I, um, you know, I, I, I don't. I'm not watching it for for that for that part of it. But anyway, no, um, but it, it, it all it all just kind of comes back to that street in San Francisco, where or the beach or your action movie, and it's just interesting what is acceptable and what isn't and what is too far and what isn't. And it's, and it's almost like, cause obviously that is not my world. That street we went down in San Francisco, that's not my world. And um, I'm, I'm naive to it and I'm, you know, I don't really have an interest in, in going back and, you know, I'll, I wouldn't tell you, you know, I, I just not, not my thing. But then on the other hand, I'm going to go watch a movie or I'm going to go to the beach where it does the exact same thing. The yeah. only difference is it's women and not men. And, um, you know, I don't know what's right or wrong. I don't know what's fair or unfair. I don't know what's equal or not equal. Um, I don't have those answers, but uh, you know what? My solution to the whole thing is, how about I just don't go down that street again? Yeah, I, I often think of that. There, there's, like, there's a Buddhist story, and um, so basically, like, there's a Buddhist monk, and uh, there's like a road, and and this man needs to go down the road, and and he goes and complains to the Buddhist monk, and he says, you know, every time I go down that road, there's a big angry elephant there who blocks my path. exactly Um, and the buddhist monk's response is why don't you go down another road and uh it's weird i mean it's a simple story and stuff yeah but um but yeah it's kind of hard like if you were raised in like rootin' tootin' fightin' cowboy america action movie america and stuff to imagine that the solution the solution to a conflict could simply be the path of least resistance and just avoiding the conflict oh there's an angry elephant on that road okay i'll just go down this road you know yeah as opposed to like the rock'em sock'em americana answer is i'm gonna kill that elephant (laughs) yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna eat that elephant one bite at a time yeah but the real answer is no just avoid the elephant yeah you don't you, you, you know, and that's a that's that's the thing, you know. Like I said, I I looked around. I didn't see any like kids. I didn't see any 
any, you know, little kids. That was that that was my first thought. After those two things, you know, I was I was like immediate and I thought it was kind of weird. You know, when we parked the car, we didn't really pay attention. We were just trying to figure out where the restaurant was. And it was like we had to walk maybe five minutes, five, five or ten minutes down the street and then turn right and walk two minutes up and the restaurant was right there. Right. Yeah. So so it wasn't we didn't park a long ways away or something like that. And, um, and I thought the street was a little, I don't know, just like odd, like barren almost, you know, it was kind of like, huh, okay. But I didn't really say anything about it or anything like that. And then, but when we went back after lunch, after, you know, it was like after 12 now, Cause we went at brunch, mm. you know, and, uh, we got done. It was a little bit afternoon and, yeah. and then we walked around and it was totally different. It was like, where the hell did all these people come from? Yeah. And, uh, it's changed though so much. Like, um, you know, I, my background is in the arts and there's a lot of gays in the arts and, and to be honest, I, I used to feel, um, very comfortable around them because they're in the arts and they can talk about the arts. They can talk about their feelings and emotions and like deep concepts, all that stuff I love. And um, so like there was an, when I lived in LA, there was an area there. I forgot where it was. It's kind of like between Santa Monica and Hollywood somewhere on Wilshire, but that was like, everybody knew that was the gay area. But a lot of times um, we would go there like uh, just because the gay people were mellow and like you could go have a drink or whatever and and you weren't going to be dealing with like insane machismo and stuff like that. And in San Diego, when I lived there, there's an area called Kensington and that that is the gay area. And it was the same thing. It's a little bit of a mellower scene than like the average stuff. But. I say again, so that's all like 20 years ago or something. All those guys had their clothes on, though, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there was also, there was, remember those quarter machines outside in front of grocery stores that mm-hmm. were like horses that you could put a quarter in and ride the horse? Yeah. So they had one of those there, and and there was a group of guys standing around it, and then there was a guy on it, and dude, he was, it, it, it was it was like he was riding the horse. It was, it was very sexually explicit. Yeah. Um, you know, thing. And I was like, wow, that's taking that child's toy to a whole new level. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, and stuff. Don't, you, don't so. you agree? Kind of it's inappropriate. Like, yes, we support gay rights. No, we don't. Well, well, that was what I was getting to earlier. So, so that's my point is, what is appropriate and what is inappropriate for that area, for that scene, right? So if you know, for example, down that street that there's an angry elephant, yeah, then is it inappropriate that there's an angry elephant on that street? It's, it's, it, I don't know if that's a relevant question because yeah. guess what? There's an angry elephant on that street. If, if you feel that that angry elephant is inappropriate or wrong, or a problem then don't go down the street like you said yeah right i mean if 
Now, if that elephant is blocking the only supply for food and water and you have no choice, that's a different story. But in your story and and obviously here in San Francisco or there in San Francisco, there are many streets. There are many, you know, many avenues, many paths to follow. You don't have to go down that street. Of course, we didn't know where we were or what we were doing. We literally were just driving blind. And and so, you know, we ended up in the middle of this. Had we have known, we probably wouldn't have gone down that street. Yeah. Yeah, I probably I mean, yeah, it's probably go down the other road, you know, like, okay, you know, that's there. You don't want to expose your child to it or even yourself. So just don't go there. Yeah, I mean, because it's obviously not inappropriate for that street, right? Or I'll just give another analogy because we already talked about it. It's not inappropriate on the beach for a girl to wear dental floss as a bikini. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> but see, there's my point. That's the standard, right? So if you were a gay guy, you would say, no, that's not inappropriate. That's like me going to the beach, right? You know, mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm saying is is that I think it depends on your point of view. Now, if you talk to someone, to some of the religious folks out of Iraq. Right. Where the only thing on a woman you're allowed to see are her eyes. Yeah. And, and everything else has to be completely covered. So talk about an extreme. Yeah. Right. You You take the American beach. And then you take a woman, you know, out of out of Iraq or, you know, someplace like that. I, you know, it could be anywhere but like that. But where where their religion is, is you can't even see a woman's ankle. Yeah. Right? You don't think that they're sitting over there going, oh, those crazy Americans, you know, look at that. That's explicit that how could they you know, right? they're going to have the same attitude that, that you had earlier. Yeah. And, but he, but then the point is, is down that road in America on that beach, that is acceptable. So yeah. I don't know, you know, I, I hear everything you're saying and, 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 you know, all of that. But I, I think that and it comes back to I, I don't know if you got all your homework assignment for the weekends done, but um, I sent you a. um a, a Bible link, but, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that we've talked about before and I've brought up is, is the concept of free will and that we all have our, our free will to act and be and, and, and believe whatever it is we want to believe. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I just think when it comes to all of this, is that you you just as much as you have free will i have free will the person on the corner has free will the naked man on the street has free will you know the the and and you just have to let everybody deal with their stuff themselves and you can't you can't impose your beliefs on other people it's not right yeah i agree so Anyway, that was our adventure into San Francisco, um, and uh, and, the, and San Francisco in general is just trashed. In my opinion, it is a complete cesspool. Yeah. 
smells, is, urination, human feces on the street, bums on the street. Yeah. And if you go down the wrong street, at least in my opinion, you're going to find a bunch of naked men on the street. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so okay. sad, though, because San Francisco used to be kind of glorious. And um, yeah, yeah, it's all it's just falling. Well, in. the weather is fantastic. Yeah. Although it does get a little cold up there for me. Um, yeah. Oh, well, we had jackets on. It was the city back in the day when it was nice that I was interested in, though, and I would have considered living in. Um, but the, the one thing that got me from the few times that I visited up there is, um, you know, you have some very nice temperate weather and, and, and escape from the heat. But when it's cold, though, it's freaking cold. Yeah. And, it's like marine ocean marine layer cold where yeah. it just, it, the cold gets into your bones. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a hard, it's, it's a hard place to, I, I worked there for a year. So people are wondering like, you know, Oh, I have limited perspective. No, I went there every day for a year. And, uh, you know, I was talking to the guy to the Jen and I were talking to the guy when they were putting, um, what was that Tuesday when we went went there because they had to put the medical device on her um, that we brought back Saturday and we were talking to him and, and he was like, yeah, I used to live here. I moved out to the South Bay because he goes, this is more for for younger people who who don't mind dealing with all the all the all the stuff that's here. You know, I mean, it, it's it's a pain to park. It's. You, you really have to be able to ignore ignore a lot yeah to to be there i i wouldn't even want to work there yeah like it's you know because that cert, that city fell and it it took about 15 or 20 years i think if and uh and it it's completely changed now for the worse yeah. but i i just did not know that things could change that that much that quick you know yeah well i guess you know there are younger people that and is it the city or is it just our age and and that we have a different perspective on life and that we you know live mellower lives and and you know we're not out partying and i, I mean if, if you want to party and you want to drink and you want to have fun like that and and go a little crazy and, and, and that sort of thing, it's definitely the place for you, you mm -hmm. know, and you can just look past all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or, or live in denial or whatever. I don't know, but I'm not at that place in my life. You know, I have, I have no desire to drink and party and, and, you know, watch naked men walking down the street. So, um, not a place for me yeah yeah i'm with you what a pity though anyway yeah. wow i was supposed to be in denial i'm sorry what's um, going on <laughs> did you get a chance to um uh play that uh that bible verse I did, but I'm not. So it was, I was confused. The link takes you to like a page with like several episodes. And oh, it didn't take you to the episode? Uh-uh. 
Oh. I, I listened to one episode that appeared to be about Adam and Eve. But it wasn't it wasn't an episode that dealt with, you know, the most interesting part of that story, which is that Eve eats the apple. You oh, know? shoot. I thought I shared the actual episode with you. Oh, damn it. Uh, the tree that gives knowledge and good of, of good and evil. The book of Genesis. Hmm. Well, okay. So what, so what did you want to say about that though? You had brought up uh, a lot of questions about Adam and Eve and the tree and, you know, how all that went down and, and, and the fall of man. Yeah. And that kind of talked about it. So I just thought, Oh, it reminded me of you and your question. Yeah. So, and they were reading straight from the Bible and, and stuff. So, well, I heard the part where Adam and Eve get created, and, and then, uh, but I didn't hear the part where Eve eats the apple. And and so yeah, so this is that part where it's, um, where it's the 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 tree of good and evil. Yeah. So. Okay, I'll have to go back and listen. But why don't you just tell us what it says, though, what, what you find interesting and all that. The point of it was was that, you know, obviously the man's damn downfall is his pride and his desire to be godlike, right? Yeah. And, and so Satan preyed on that, or the serpent preyed on that, with Eve, basically took them down a path that sep it's caused separation from God. They were, they were with God. They were one with God. And then by committing that act, it, it separated them from God. And so God couldn't, couldn't, you know, be with him the way that, that he was prior to that. So it, it, it's, it's a very interesting um, conversation as to you know you were you were at, you know asking you know what happened how did it happen what does that cause you know and then god sends them out and they were they were living in a garden where everything was provided for them and then they weren't ashamed to be naked it's funny because they weren't ashamed to be naked yeah and then after eating from the apple shame came on them and then they were afraid of being naked and then so, you know, God had to kill an animal and provide clothing for them. And, and you know, so they had to sacrifice an animal for their shame. And, you know, you, you can you can kind of see it all going out from there to where we are today. Yeah. And then, you know, they were they had to go out into the world and they couldn't stay in the garden anymore. Yeah. So, because Eve ate the apple, right? Yeah, because the snake preyed on her. It's interesting, so. um, you know, uh, basically since around, well, I've learned a lot about spirituality now. And um, so when I would hear stories like this in the past, I thought, oh, it's just totally ludicrous. But um, now with what I understand about spirituality and stuff, um, it's entirely possible that that could be what happened. And, um, and it is, a it's so depressing, dude, because, um, I, I think I've gone into this before on the show, but there, there is the idea that the lion 
will lay with the lamb. But like the lion doesn't need to attack and dismember and devour a lamb. The only reason a lion needs to do that is because Eve ate the apple and we fell from like the paradise that we were in. And uh, it's such a depressing story. Um, yeah. So it's in, in, this, in, this, in the synopsis of this, it says Eve is convicted or I'm sorry, Eve is convinced to eat from the forbidden tree and then both Adam and Eve are banished from the garden. Yeah. It's inspired by Genesis 2.25 through 3.24. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the area in the Bible that, that, you know, talks about that whole, you know, what, what you were asking before um, about, you know, how, how it all started. <laughs> how did we get where we are today? Yeah. And, and that is the key moment in history. You know, you always go back and historians always look back on stuff and say, you know, well, what were the key events that triggered the Vietnam War or, you know, triggered World War Two? And now they can go back and go, oh, well, you know, this oil embargo here and and, you know, whatever. Right. All these different things. And if you want to go and, and say, OK, well, what what was the key moment? that triggered the downfall of man to, to live the way we live today. And, you know, that's kind of what the Bible does is it, it just points out the key moments in history that triggered certain things. Yeah. And, you know, this is, this is the fall of man and, you know, Eve getting kicked out of the bar. (laughs) She, she went a little too far. (laughs) <laughs> she got her and Adam kicked out of the party. We gotta get back. We got to have the lion laying with the lamb, man. <laughs> and so I've heard that's possible. And all it would take is everybody behaving the way that they're supposed to behave, which is with kindness and compassion and serving others when they can. Uh, and then, you know, it's just a bonus if you add in some meditation and some yoga and it, so if we're all being good, then the frequency of this vibration will be raised and physics as we know them, you know, will change with our love, with our goodness. And, um, and if we raise the frequency of the vibration, the lion will lay with the lamb again. So no more killing animals and eating them. Um, not even a need to eat. Like when you're, when your frequency, the frequency of your vibration is that high, you just absorb energy from the air or there are stories of God providing mana, which is like just kind of a food that God just dropped on everybody. All those things can happen if we're good, (laughs) if we're loving and caring and we really behave like Jesus Christ. Um, then we could go back to the Garden of Eden is the idea. Yeah, we got a long ways to go. That's the problem. And and <laughs> I, I really think people are just messed up because we everything we were told was a lie. All history has been orchestrated. And um, so people are divided and conquered and um, and it's been made worse. So 
I really, it's the deep state again, dude. It's mass media programming and governmental programming and stuff. And, and so they've, they've been able to confuse a lot of people and, and then bring out the worst in them. Um, so I, I do think it's all been orchestrated. I will say too, I've never seen humanity worse. Do you agree? Well, I didn't, I wasn't alive in the, in the forties and fifties in the forties. Right. So I'm, your- I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure if you went to the people, to the Jewish community in the mid forties, they might disagree with you. Well, but in your own lifetime, wouldn't you say that human beings are behaving worse than they ever have in your life? In my life? Well, yeah. well, okay. There's, that's kind of a, 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 a loaded and um, just as an example of what I was saying before. So in, in my limited sphere of experience, so I'm born and raised in California and I've basically lived in, in Northern Central or Southern California so my 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 sphere is 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 not beyond that so um you know it's um i will say that when we were younger we were very oblivious right we you and i even talked about it on the shows like in high school we didn't care about any you know we weren't we weren't in any any clicks we weren't in anything you and i were just busy making movies doing our own thing and we had no idea was what was going around if it wasn't an indiana jones movie or if it wasn't you know something like that we had, it wasn't in our our, our sphere yeah. we weren't thinking about it so now we're older we're in our mid 50s and and what we look at, how we look at it is way different than 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so is it different? I don't know, because I grew up when I grew up, my my uh, Edgar, yeah. my 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 dad had two people because he my parents owned real estate. They had two people that basically worked full time for them that were that that were uh, gay and it was Robin and Bernie. So I was exposed to um, I at five years old. I was I was hanging around with uh, gay people and, and and working with them. And I mean, I knew that 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 they were a couple. And, you know, they, you know, I, but they never flaunt, you know, they never did anything inappropriate, obviously, because I was a little kid yeah, and, and, and stuff. But so in my world, you know, gay, lesbian, whatever, LGBTQ, I've been exposed to that since the beginning. I, I, it doesn't make any difference to me. I, I, I don't know any different. So in my limited sphere, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the world the world has changed. The world has gotten I mean, crazy. even beyond like the gay stuff, wouldn't you say overall that humanity is currently behaving worse than they ever have in your own lifetime? In 
from 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 what I was exposed to, the answer would be yes. But my point being, if you had somebody else who was exposed, you know, like I brought up a second ago, who who lived through the Holocaust, right? And then you ask them if the world is behaving worse than what it was in their lifetime, their point of view might be a little bit different. They might say, well, it's really not that bad. At least they're not stuffing people into furnaces and burning them to death. Yeah. But right? I, you uh, see what I'm saying? Yeah. It, 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 I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. And, and I would say between you and I in our lifetime, probably because we're being exposed. Our exposure when we were in high school was limited to, to that city right around there. Right. We, you know, we didn't have exposure that uh, we have now. So it's, 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 it's interesting, right? I mean, Amber went to Australia and was exposed to a whole new culture. Oh, even though it's Australia and you think, oh, well, you know, how much different can Australia be? But, you know, they, their, their stuff is, is completely different. Their culture, the, the things that do, even little things like tipping, like, like in their culture, tipping doesn't exist. What's tipping? You know, like going to a restaurant and leaving a tip. Oh, okay. It's it doesn't exist in their culture, and of course, she was the tipping queen, and she would uh, <laughs> she would she is leaving tips anyway. They probably see her coming from a mile away and go, "Oh, I want to serve her. She's gonna leave me a tip." But you know, again, a different culture. So, I I, I will say that in our lifetime to answer your question, even though I was justifying it, I, I will say that, that, that my exposure to things um, is, has, has definitely, I, I would have to say, yeah, the world is a, is a very different place than it was when we were growing up. So the answer to your question is yes. I just wanted to paraphrase it with the amount of exposure that, that we had as kids is probably part of the reason for that and yeah it, and it depends on who you talk to they hadn't destroyed america yet when we were growing up or if they were we had no idea yeah yeah um i do think it's mostly what people have been exposed to it's fake news um you know pc woke lgbtq media um and a lot of influence from the government and um I think that's why people are so messed up now because they're just confused and we're totally divided and conquered, but it's kind of not their fault. It's just that they've absorbed all of this BS and they, they can't see the truth anymore. Um, but this is exactly what the deep state wants to do, right? Like, yeah, humanity is worse than it's ever been. They're all fighting with each other. Perfect. You people keep fighting with each other while we keep screwing you over. And, and please, all you people never come up with the idea that instead of fighting with each other, maybe you should fight the deep state. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's I, it's it's so discouraging though that that people can be you know swept up and and um, made to fight each other, but they never stand back and go, wait a minute, who caused this? And and go, oh, it's the damn government. You know, I'm gonna write a letter to my congressman. I'm gonna protest. Um, for me, um, 
as I've said before, like the only thing I can do is pray for justice and pray for world peace. That's all I can do. And that's probably the most powerful thing you could do because maybe protests don't really work, you know? Yeah. Or you write a letter to your congressman, so what? He ignores it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that I, I think you're right. I mean, and we've said this several times, right? If, if everybody could just be positive and if everybody could can in their own unique way, whatever that is, we're not telling people how to live or, or, or be or, or anything like that, but whatever your way is, if you can just find a way to be kind to the next person and then everyone just work towards, towards that, right? Just, yeah random acts of kindness and, and, you know, and, and that sort of thing and take out the self-indulgence and the, and the, you know, I want to prove I'm an individual and that I don't have to follow your rules. So I'm going to walk down the street completely naked, you know, although an interesting thing on that, something to, to like, think about is before eve ate the apple adam and eve were completely naked and not shamed by it yeah so i'm just asking i'm not saying it is or it isn't but if there's someone who's willing to be basically naked now is that better is that closer to getting back to the way we were supposed to be than the people that wear clothes I'm just asking. I'm just pointing. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they could say, "I'm not wearing any clothes because Eve and Adam, Adam and Eve didn't wear any clothes, and that's the way it should be in the Bible." Yeah. So that's why the girls on the beach aren't wearing any clothes. Well, it's, they'd be closer to God. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> girls like almost naked on the beach. I support. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny how you you can you can twist anything to fit your narrative huh yeah (laughs) hey there amber here are you in dire need of trying to reach mitch and mike or maybe just want to be a part of the show well it's easy you could log on to twomenwithamike.com, that's the number two, and go to the About section, where you'll find all the ways to contact Mitch and Mike. You can email them at the number two menwithamike at gmail.com. At the bottom of any episode on Spotify, you can hit the leave a message link or write a comment. Oh my. We have this action movie list. Oh, yeah. We totally missed that. Yeah. Yeah. So I found, um, let me, let me pull mine up. I should have it here. So I got mine up. So I found this, this article, 20 essential films, every real action movie fan should see. All right. And and it's got a list of the, um, you know, uh, and what's, what's funny is most of them are from our time. Our, our childhood yeah so, you know it's it's sad that there aren't more action movies from 
this time period. Yeah. But we just thought it would be fun to um, um, talk about these. So number 20 on the list is Shaft. <laughs> from <laughs> so i'll just say up front i saw the list and i was like oh my god i saw every single one of them on here yeah and there's a general comment and and even the general public is aware of this movies suck now they they've been sucking for like 15 20 years now really sucking badly you know since 2009 is when it when all the agendas came in and like pc woke and all that stuff but there haven't been any good movies since our childhood if you want to know the truth from hollywood um not really and uh, so I, I that's why all of these action movies are from our childhood because they stopped making good movies yeah i was trying to see actually it doesn't say when this when this version of shaft was made but um, I, I remember that one. It, that's the original one. It's the early 70s. Was it? Okay. And uh, I quite like that film. Um, I actually fairly recently like went into all the Shaft films and watched them all. And um, that first one is great. And there's an interesting African-American director uh, who, whose background was in photography and he brought a lot of style to Shaft um, in his compositions and framing. Um, and, and then it's just a cool movie. Shaft is a cool hero. Um, so, he's yeah. He's a detective. Yeah, he's like a private eye. And, yeah. um, but I, I think his name is Richard Roundtree. And he's totally cool. And he's totally his own thing. Like, he is an African-American James Bond kind of like street level private eye guy, but he's got his own sort of cool going on. Yeah. Um, so number 20 was Shaft. Okay. So number 19. And I don't know if I believe this with the other things on the list, but they've got Die Hard listed as number 19. Yeah. Which of course so, we've both seen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it like exploded on the scene in the eighties made Bruce Willis the major star that he is. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, of course it spun a whole, um, how many diehards are there? There's, there's oh, like five or six diehards. I think. There's, there was three and then there was, live free and die hard and die hard another day or something like that. So there's die like five engines. Yeah. Um, to be honest, none of those are as good as the original, but I, there was a lot of hype and we were all swept in and Bruce Willis did become a star then. So in their own ways with none of them really equaling the original, I sort of enjoyed the first three. Um, and then after that, like there was a big break and Bruce Willis came back when he was old and Die Hard became preposterous then. Like even me, who loves big, crazy, stupid James Bond stunts, um, stuff that he was doing like in Die Hard 4 and 5 was like, okay, come on. <laughs> you know? Come on, guys. Like that's too much. Mm -hmm. But uh, But the first Die Hard was great and it was a big surprise and it was kind of a cool thing to do to put Bruce Willis in there because he wasn't your standard action hero. Yeah. 
and um that's kind of what made that movie was that so yeah. it's it, i like the first one a lot actually yeah number um 18 on the list which is one of my more favorite all time i i don't know how many times i've seen this movie is national treasure mm-hmm. with nicolas cage yeah and um i just love it because of all the clues and you know just just the fun of it he's you know he's not a spy he's he's just trying to trying to find the um a bunch of old artifacts of the lost city of gold Mm -hmm. you know and um i i I don't know i just have a lot of fun with it yeah I, i i like I kind of like the puzzles. You know me. I mean, I, I'll sit here and I'll, I'll sit here and watch a movie or a show, and I can recite the actors' lines on a show I've never seen before before they see it. So <laughs> it drives me nuts. You know, so I don't get challenged a lot. Yeah, so that's why I like this kind of show. Yeah, where you know it's it, it's cool. So I really enjoy National Treasure. I right. wouldn't. I wouldn't have had it eighteen on my list. I would have had it up closer to top five. Oh yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I I I enjoyed it. Um, I think I saw all of them, but uh, yeah. Yeah, there's 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 only two, and then a TV series about a girl. Oh, okay. I guess I did see them then. I haven't seen the TV show though. It's weird. I feel so bad. I, I always love Nicolas Cage, but he's done this thing because they're destroying the world like a lot of um, other actors have done um, recently where they, they just do anything. And I, I, I think it's because they just want to make as much money as they can before the world is destroyed or something. So like Nicolas Cage makes like 5,000 movies a year now. And, well, and- he <laughs> just he just has a new one out that I tried to watch last night, but I don't know. I, for some reason it wouldn't let me rent it, but um, it's called um, um, the devil, you know, or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, look it up real quick. It looks creepy. Good dude. Um, I think I saw he's like the old man, but then he turns out to be like a badass fighter guy. No, 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 no. It's brand new. And it's called the devil, you know, the, yeah, something like that. Type in Nicolas Cage and devil. <laughs> oh, sympathy for the devil is, is it, is that it? Um, and it just came out now. Uh, yeah, looks like it's new. Sympathy for the devil 2023. Yep. Um, so he gets, a- I watched the preview. Basically, he, there's a guy like rushing to the hospital. Wife's going to have a baby and he gets into the hospital parking lot and Nicholas Cage sits in his gets, gets it, opens the back door, sits in the guy's car, pulls a gun out and says, drive. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, but my wife's going to have a baby. And he's like, I don't care. And so he's like coming across as this completely crazy and evil dude. Mm-hmm. And he makes this guy drive him around. I mean, like I said, I've only seen the preview. It's really a lot of action. Stuff mm-hmm. blowing up, people getting shot. So, but um, he's playing a totally crazy dude. Okay. Um, I'd still like Nicolas Cage, but it's weird with what he's done. 
he's overexposed now and i think it damages his credibility because it's it's showing like a lack of range in a way he he makes crap movies now dude i think basically if you can afford his price he'll do any movie now for money and um so but every once in a while a little gem comes out from him still and uh so maybe this is a gem i hope so yeah so yeah i tried to watch it couldn't but he's number 18 on the list number seven that was number 18 was national treasure okay and number 17 is captain america the winter soldier yeah i okay so i like the marvel movies but they're deep flaws and uh it they are lacking and they're not like the same experience as the comics book comic books had been so generally i've i've always been like kind of disappointed in a marvel movie although they're gen they're generally easy to get through but uh the winter soldier i think is probably the best marvel movie in my opinion yeah that's the that's the one i saw too of all of them yeah i like I, i like what they spun out of that there was there was a tv show I've watched a little bit of that I've liked because it's 1950-ish, but it's called Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. And it's about the girl because according to Captain America was um, friends with um, um, Howard Hughes. In the- I remember that. Yeah, he was friends with Howard Hughes and, and all that. And supposedly, you know, Howard Hughes was really involved and was more of a CIA spook. That's what I'm learning. Like everybody, dude, it's all the whole thing. America is a psyop. Yeah, <laughs> it's a psyop. Yeah, but yeah, I I, I liked that one. I, I like. I'm not really a a a, a uh, comic book action movie fan necessarily, you know, mm-hmm. um, like this. But but I did like the captain america one i didn't i haven't watched any of the others and i haven't watched any of the avengers really or they're all bad dude well so i'll take so i'm a huge comic book fan and have a lot of comic books you know under my belt um so i i I, that makes me a harsh critic but uh my sister is just a regular moviegoer and um you know no no great loyalty one way or the other she just kind of like drifts through the movies and she came to me and said what one of my main problems with the Marvel films is, is that most of the fights are like these giant CG fights. And uh, there's no it just there's no gravity or weight to them. It, it just looks like a big um, chaotic ballet. And that's what she said. She was like, I don't know. You know, it's just like all these CG people like fighting with each other. It gets boring after a while. Yeah. And, so, so I agree, but the Winter Soldier, uh, so I, I, I like one of the things I think could help the Marvel films is like more practical effects and things like that. And it's interesting, you know, they do these giant CG war scenes where everybody's fighting everybody and every, everybody's exploding. But the Winter Soldier had a very down to earth action sequence in it that totally took me by surprise and I thought was like perfectly executed and, and in, um, in, but it's not giant special effects. It's not CG. It's exactly what I was saying. Like, I, I keep saying like, you know, you could get more excitement out of two guys fighting at the edge of a cliff than one of these giant computer generated, you know, war things. 
And um, so Captain America, the Winter Soldier, like it's going along. First of all, also Captain America, the Winter Soldier is about the deep state. It, it's like as close as Marvel has gotten to like helping the people of the earth because Robert Redford's the evil guy in it. And he, he represents the deep state. Um, a, you know, like a network within the government of people who are actually manip manipulating everything. But instead of calling it the deep state in Winter Soldier, they call it um, Hydra. But but it's it's spot on with with what's going on in the news and stuff. And it has a good message about like not cooperating with the deep state. And then in the middle of the movie, a non CG action sequence that was great. And I, I won't spoil it if you haven't seen the movie, but it was exactly what I was calling for, like turn off the computer, get down on the ground and film a real action sequence with real people in it, real gravity, real weight, real geography to the scene, you know? Yeah. And so this, that, that scene though, is like Captain America gets into the elevator. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And then it starts there. And I, I, I well, Screw it. I'll spoil it. Yeah. But, well, that's, yeah, let's not, there's a whole list of these. So let's not go too deep into them. Okay. I'm we'll just never saying, get through the list. Okay. There's a uh, down to earth action sequence, non CG in the middle of Captain America that blew me away. And when I, when you sent the link, like, oh, we could talk about this on the show. Um, I looked at it and actually everybody points to that sequence now. So if you're hearing Marvel films, everybody loves the practical sequence down the earth that starts down down to the earth uh, that starts in the elevator in Captain America. And they like that better than they like a giant CGI scene. So, okay. yeah. All right. That was a long ways getting there, but <laughs> we're, we're on number 16 now. <laughs> All right. Number 16. Now, I don't remember seeing this. So I don't think I saw this one called Revenge. That was actually, yeah, I don't, I didn't see that one either. Yeah, it's, it's a woman. Um, so obviously, it's one we probably want to see. It's a woman-led action film that turns bloody, um, and centers on a woman betrayed by her boyfriend and left for dead. Ooh, she survives and begins to hunt them all down. So, yeah, it just sounds like a chick's gonna. You know, it sounds like actually. Um, What's the uh, um, volume one, volume two with the chick and she's got the sword and wears yellow? Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Yeah. So it, to me, it, it sounds like a Kill Bill um, type of thing, which is basically what Kill Bill is. She gets left for dead. And they thought they killed her. And then she comes back and kicks all their asses and kills them. Yeah. Um, Number 15 is Star Wars Episode uh, 5, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I love that film. Yeah, that, that was, that was uh, I mean, for us, when we watched that, obviously that was Skywalker coming back to, to, to beat the bad guys because that was part three in the trilogy and it was the last one, right? So... Um, at the time in the in the what see when did that come out in the 70s or the 80s that was in the 80s right uh yes that was i think it was like 1981 for empire strikes back yeah i so, love that film and everyone loves that film um, yeah when when people get asked what's the best film in the star wars gosh it used to be a trilogy now what is it <laughs> i don't know it's like 10 of them plus it's yeah it's like huge 
There really, actually, there's only two Star Wars movies, maybe three, and it's one and two, and maybe three, and then, in my opinion, and then the rest of them have been kind of total disasters. Yeah. Uh, I did not like any of these new Star Wars films. But anyway, uh, right. Strikes Back was a real surprise, and I really loved it, and I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. Yeah. So number 14 on the list, which is one of my hidden favorites that I don't think you've ever been too fond of, is The Expendables 2. I actually watched all the Expendables movies recently, and um, I don't remember a damn thing about any of them. Um, But I did, you know, it was comfortable to watch them. So I know I saw it, too, but I don't remember what that one is about. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, it's. Basically, they they took all your all star action actors mm-hmm. and throw them in a movie, and it's fun to watch them all. And they're all kind of, and they and they let them all have their most famous personality, mm-hmm. you know. So like Jason Statham is in there, and and Sylvester Stallone, and just just all these different guys who are who are known Bruce Willis. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and just all of them. And they just kind of, you know, it's like they said, Hey, we're going to film an action movie and we just want you to pick your favorite action character you've played through your career. And that's your character. And then here's the plot of the story. And, and, and you're on this team, go do it. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I just like it. Um, I, I like the Expendables. They're stupid, but I I I like them. Yeah, they're uh, it's they're comfortable. If you're an action movie nut like we are, yeah. um, they're comfortable. You know, like I, I nothing made me mad about the Expendables. No. So number thirteen on the list is the Mummy Returns. Actually, I, I guess I misspoke. Um, I don't think I saw this. Really? Yeah. I, I That director, his name is like Steven Somerville or something like that. His ideas are like, yay, you know, but then his execution is like always, to me, awful. Yeah. Uh, this was this I, this was Brendan Fraser before he disappeared from the world. Actually, then, he came back. Well, like, yeah, I'm saying now he's back. Yeah. Yeah. But. But yeah, he was he was a very comedic. I mean, I don't know what happened in his life, but but I always thought he did great, you know, comedic kind of an Indiana Jones, just, you know, in the first one, you know how Harrison Ford was kind of goofy and, you know, just kind of had that comedic undertone. Yeah, he had that in in the in the mummy Brendan Fraser had that in the mummy stuff as well. That's what I thought when I was watching those movies. Like these are Indiana Jones ripoffs. Although yeah. I remember the girl from the mummy being like, "Oh my god, just like <laughs> stunningly gorgeous." Yeah. But I always felt like, yeah, they were Indiana Jones knockoffs. But maybe it's good. Did did you, you saw that one? Yeah. Yeah. And it's good. I, I liked them. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean. That would be an example of one where, where you know, those are the ones I got to watch by myself because Jen, Jen would, Jen likes action movies, but when they get kind of, they are kind of comic book stupid yeah. in a way, right? She, she, that's where she draws the line. So that's yeah. kind of one I got to watch by myself. 
Um, <laughs> but number 12 on the list, which is an example of this is one that Jen loves that we, we watched years ago. Um, Rush Hour is number 12. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I, I, I might have seen all of those. Yeah, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it is a good... I mean, these put Jackie Chan on the on the radar. I mean, he was famous in before, but, you know, kind of like in an underground way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think these movies, you know, propelled him to to major stardom where he got other other roles like A Knight's Tale and or no, what is it? Uh, Shanghai Noon and and stuff like that. But um, not A Knight's Tale. But yeah, Rush Hour is definitely a funny fun action movie with a lot of good action a lot of good little tricks and fight scenes and you know a little goofy but uh <laughs> it know. is comedy yeah it is it's fun it's yeah. a fun action movie where you're not gonna see a lot of bad things yeah you know it's like the expendables it's just, just yeah exactly fun. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 just for fun. It's an action movie for fun. It's not doesn't have a political backstory. It doesn't, you know, any of that. It's just a girl gets kidnapped and you got a detective from wherever China or wherever he's from. And then a detective from L.A. or whatever, wherever city this is filmed in trying to work together to save the kidnapped girl. Yeah. You know, and they got gunfights sword fights people jumping out of buildings and you know all kinds of fun stuff like that and then these two comedic guys um and it's funny in there you know chris um tucker is can't understand him and so he you know in a comedic way he makes like what are you saying yeah <laughs> oh and stuff like that chris tucker's funny yeah so that's a fun one to watch that's number 12 number 11 they say the original Mission Impossible. Yeah, I would agree. That's an interesting film. And I just watched a big old thing about like the influence of the intelligence community in Hollywood. And um, those Mission Impossible films have always been filled with clues about like what the deep state was going to do, which is what they've done now. Well, what's interesting is, first of all, Tom Cruise taking this this was an old TV series when we were growing up. Yeah, it's that I remember um, me and a lot of people were kind of mad because the those films are not really like the TV series. <laughs> well, actually, they become more like the TV series, but particularly that first one was like, this is a whole different thing. Um, yeah. It's only it's Mission Impossible in name only. Yeah. However, OK, so on the old Mission Impossible show, there was a character named Phelps and he was like the boss of the agents and he was a good guy himself. And so I think he would, Oh no, he was the leader of the team, I think. And, um, and so he was a hero is what I'm saying, but But he's not made out to be a hero in this one. Yeah. In mission impossible, the first one with Tom Cruise, they take that hero character from the TV series and make him bad. Yeah. But I do think that was director Brian De Palma giving us a clue um, about about uh, 
the deep state because what happened for me is like i trusted everybody right i trusted all the celebrities i trusted all the politicians and stuff and now this tyranny has emerged and um and uh and i but what the hard the thing for me is my heart's broken like oh no you know john lennon was a devil worshiper pedophile child killer but i love john lennon you know and it's and you go down the line like i liked barack obama when he was president but now that i know everything about him i'm like oh no you know another hero um blows it and uh, so i at the time i thought man you took mission impossible the tv show totally trashed it and and took like one of the main characters and made him that people love and made him evil i was like you're just this is tv writing shit you're this is just like fucking around like just give it a little spin on it you know oh this time he's bad and i i, I hate those kinds of creative decisions but i think now drama was like nope this is what it really is it turns out you can't trust the intelligence community you can't trust the government the guy that you even the guy that you thought was a hero is actually bad i think yeah. that was the point he was trying to make well that being said i will say that the mission impossible franchise you know tom cruise took that and ran with it and you know the one the one thing i will say about tom cruise the actor not any of the political stuff but tom cruise the actor is that i gotta give him credit because that boy does most of his stunts himself so he's safe but now that i know the way everything works i'm not sure that's true well you just lie to you when they're well they there was a whole i've i've seen you know whole things on it um you know where they're showing him doing all the testing like in the new one that just came out there's a motorcycle scene where he jumps off a cliff with a parachute on, on a motorcycle. Yeah. And and they show him doing all the practice jumps. Oh, really? That. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a 30-minute program where it shows him, you know, them prepping for it, them doing all the things, him riding the motorcycle and testing it and, and all the different practice jumps that that he's doing on it. He He did, like... I don't know how many, you know, 20 plus practice jumps for that scene. Well, that's and, cool. And I mean, stuff. that's fun. I, I, yeah. I hope you're doing that. Um, so, yeah. but Mission Impossible is number 11. And, uh, you know, I think that's a fair spot for it. Um, it's yeah. entertaining. It's a good movie. Yeah. It grew on me. Um, when I first saw it, I was all bent out of shape because I didn't really think. Because <laughs> they altered the classic. Yeah, it it wasn't the show, and then they made like one of the good guys a bad guy, and I was like, this is just BS. But you know, I was thinking the other day that scene when he's suspended in the shaft, uh-huh. ever you know, and trying not to let his body temperature get too hot and all that. That's an iconic and um, kind of great scene that's last yeah. you know in cinematic history. Yep, exactly. Uh, number ten on the list is the Born Identity and jason Bourne, and and i will see that's with um um matt damon yeah and i will say that that's another one that jen loves yeah um she likes that guy and she likes that series and it's not it's it's not a goofy one like some of the others we were talking about it's a serious one and you know it's about a guy a bad guy turned good because he was 
you know, brainwashed by the government. And, you know, then he starts tearing it down. And um, because they tried, you know, and they're and they're trying to kill him and um, so on and so forth. But if you can watch that trilogy. And I think it's fun. A couple other shows off of it, including they I think they tried a TV series, but it failed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I like the born. I like the whole series. Yeah, I saw those. Um, the first one is directed by Doug Lehman. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. And it's actually quite different than the two that followed. Um, the two that followed were directed by a guy named Paul Greengrass. And um, the style totally changed. So it's kind of interesting that they picked the first one as being the best one. Because that's more um, sort of stayed and in control than like Paul Greengrass's style. So yeah, it's good though. I watched it. So the Born Identity is the top 10 or is number 10. So we'll stop there for our um, review. And so we'll pick that up on our next episode. We'll get a little bit deeper into the top nine movies and we'll continue that on our next episode. All right, perfect. Two Men with the Mic is produced at Close on a Hanger Studios. You can reach them at the number two menwithamike.com. Amber, mom wants to hang.